So my friends, um, today we get a picture of a ordinary day in the life of Jesus. And this is a, a tactic that is often used in biographies where at a certain point in the biography of a famous person, it'll be like, here's what this person's typical day looked like. Now me, with my type A right brain personality, I love that section. Like that is, I, if I read, I won't reread the whole biography, but I'll reread the person's regular day, right? Like I love Blessed Alvaro Del Portillo, whose picture is on the back, if you're facing at the back left, with the red background in the back of the church. And um, I love, you know, his biography. And I'll frequently go back to it. It's like a big 850-page book in Spanish. And I'll read the section of like a typical day in the life of Blessed Alvaro, particularly when I'm feeling kind of busy and a little overwhelmed. Because he had a lot of work. He did a lot of work, and he managed to also do a lot of prayer while doing a lot of work. And became holy enough that he's blessed and hopefully will be a saint in the next couple years. Or like St. John Vianney, when I need a little extra motivation to you know, devote myself to the parish work, like reading the, the typical day of St. John Vianney in his biography, which I read the translation in English, I don't know the French, but it is um, like, yeah, like Father Casey, you think you're doing a lot like John Vianney got up at one in the morning and heard confessions for four hours and and then eventually celebrated Mass and heard confessions like eight hours more. And uh, how busy are you, Father Casey? Like, okay, great. You know, I don't, I don't have it so rough. Um, but you read it and you're like, yeah. Oh, wow. Because when you read the typical day of somebody, it makes their life much more imitable, right? You can imitate them much better when you just are like, this is what this person, they are fully human. And therefore, they had 24 hours in a day, just like the rest of us. And here's how they used it. And St. Mark gives us the typical day in the life of our Lord. Jesus is fully man and fully God. And so, fully man, he had 24 hours a day, and he used all of them. He used all of them for his mission to the glory of of the Father. And Mark gives us this so it's easier to try to see how we can imitate Christ. It breaks it down into a way that helps us imitate him. Jesus lived a day that we can consider both in, you know, the balance and in the quality. So first, the quality, right? There was an intensity to Jesus's day. Jesus during his public ministry, was busy. And probably in his private, um, you know, home life in Nazareth, in the hidden life, working with Joseph, they were probably busy as well, you know, working hard. And so what we read today is actually the second half. It started last week with Jesus uh, on the Sabbath going to the synagogue, encountering the demoniac, casting out the demon, and now we hear immediately leaving the synagogue. He went to the house of James, uh, Peter and Andrew with James and John. Peter's mother-in-law was sick. He heals her. Um, and something that we get is that St. Mark, writing in Greek, uh, in just this description of one day of Jesus, he uses the Greek word immediately, a euthus in Greek, immediately, four times. Right? 
four times describing one day. He uses the word immediately. Um, to last week, to this week. Uh, immediately, right away. Now, it may have been that Mark, writing Greek, didn't have a whole lot of vocabulary at his disposal. He wasn't so great at it, so we're going to use the same word again and again. But no, he's also getting a point across, right? Jesus kind of went with directiveness. Like, he knew what he was doing. And so, there's no procrastination, right? Jesus didn't procrastinate. Oh, yeah. We'll get to it when we get there, right? Now, immediately, immediately he went into the synagogue. And there was a man with a demon, and he spoke to him. And Jesus said, come out of the unclean spirit. And immediately, the demon left the man. And then immediately leaving the synagogue, they went to the house. And Peter's mother-in-law was sick, and so they immediately told him about her. And then there's two other implied immediately's, lack of procrastination, because as soon as the sun goes down, as soon as the Jewish Sabbath day ended and people can do work again, they bring him all of the sick, right? They're not going to wait, okay, it's sundown, like, you know, the Sabbath is over, we'll catch Jesus tomorrow. Like, no, immediately when the sun goes down, they don't wait. They start bringing him the people right away. And we hear that now beginning this work after sundown, Jesus heals many, many who were sick with various diseases and casts out many demons that very night. And then he works late into the night. So what does he do in the morning? Well, he deserves to sleep in, right? That's, I, I um, went this week to see The Chosen with some of our students. I didn't realize, it's in theaters, it was really good, the beginning of season four. I didn't realize there would be three episodes at a little over an hour each, and it started at 7.30 at night. Uh, and so after two episodes, we got to intermission at 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, you know what, you guys? I'll see it on demand. I'll see this last episode on demand, right? I'm going to bed. Um, and even still, getting to bed later than I normally do, I'm like, ah. I could sleep in an hour, an hour and a half tomorrow. Like, I don't have to be up right away. Father Casey, you worked hard going to a movie theater with some college students. You, you deserve to sleep in a little bit, right? Um, so does Jesus do that? No. We hear that after, working, after starting working when the sun went down. Very early in the morning before the sun came back up, he went out to a deserted place where he prayed. And he spent time in that personal prayer with his father. Jesus had stuff to do. He knew what he was about. He knew where he was going. It wasn't just, we'll figure it out. Like, no, he had a mission. And so he gets right to work. That's the quality of how Jesus lived. Jesus was busy. There was a lot to do. And he gets right to work. He doesn't procrastinate. He has purpose. He has direction. That's something I think we need as the church, right? Our goal is not just to like keep the ship running, like let's not make any waves. We're just getting through the day. We're just waiting for whatever. Um, no, we have a purpose. We have to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and we don't want to wait and, you know, start tomorrow. Now, right now, immediately, we got to get to work. We have stuff to do. We have to live 
the lives of the children of God and spread the gospel message immediately, right now. But even though Jesus was busy and there was a lot to do, it wasn't a frenetic type of workaholism, right? Jesus lived a balanced life. And particularly, as 21st century Americans, we need to be reminded of this importance of a balanced life. Look at what Jesus did in the course of this 24 hours. He went to the synagogue for the communal worship, right? So it starts with this communal worship and prayer. Then he went to the house of Peter and Andrew, went over his friend's house with his other disciples, James and John. And Peter's family is there, his mother-in-law and probably his wife, right? And so he has this time of community, of building up community, of that social, leisure community and friendships. He's not too busy for friendship and investing in that friendship. And then when it comes time to work, because the Sabbath is over, he works. Jesus works, and he knows how to work. He knows how to put in a good day's work, right? And so when it comes time to work, the sun is down, it's time to work again, he gets to work. And then as well, in the midst of all of that, he has time for personal prayer. Now, if anyone could be exempted from personal prayer, it's Jesus, because he is God, right? He literally is God. But in his humanity, and as the Son, having the communion with the Father, that's important to take that time. You know, I was praying with this, so when did all this take place, right? It was on the Sabbath. What day is the Sabbath? Saturday. So what time does that mean Jesus was praying? Before the sun came up on Sunday morning. Is it possible that Jesus praying on Sunday mornings before the sun came up, is that's the time that he rose from the dead? So is it possible that Jesus is already looking forward to like, look, in a few years, on a Sunday morning, before the sun comes up, like, that's the moment of victory, right? Jesus is praying at the time that he would later rise from the dead. I just thought it was a cool little detail. But Jesus has a balanced life. And we need that as well. Again, we need balance. It's not just about doing a ton of work or a ton of prayer or a ton of leisure community friendship, right? And it's definitely not a ton of just worship being in church all day long, right? Um, no, it's balance. It's having the times for worship. Absolutely Sunday Mass, right? Having the balance of coming to Mass on Sunday. If we're able to make it to Mass during the week too, it's one of the best things we could do for our spiritual life, right? Communal worship, communal prayer. In our families, maybe praying the rosary together, having some other type of prayer together for our communal prayer. Jesus also makes time for friendship. He makes time for community. And that's an important element of our lives. We have to make time to have community, to have friendship, right? We have to persevere in that community. He taught the apostles to do that. We hear that the apostles later after the resurrection, after Pentecost, persevered in the communal life, right? They, they persevered in being together. And so we need that. It's a great, great tradition for those who are able to have the, the tradition of like a Sunday dinner, right? A Sunday family dinner. 
to have just a time where we can rest and we can be together as a community and to do it in a way where we can invite others in so it's not a closed off thing, but we're inviting people to be part of our community, inviting them to be part of the friendship. I love just the coffee and the social that we have after Mass of just being able to be together. That's important. That's not like frosting on the cake. That's important. It's part of what it means to be balanced disciples of Jesus Christ. And then when it comes time to work, we work. And we work for the glory of God. Everything we do, we, all of our work, we can offer as a sacrifice to the Father. And we work with dedication. And we work with focus. But I think our um, temptation will be to allow work to just kind of creep in to the rest of our lives. A little self-disclosure. I'm reading a new book. Uh, I'll hopefully finish it today called How to Break Up with Your Phone. Because uh, I need to break up with my phone, right? This phone and I, we don't have a good relationship. So we're going to break up a little bit. We're going to, because what happened, like, you know, I find myself and maybe other people are in the same thing where the phone is toxic in that it's like, hey, look at me, look at me, pay attention. You're going to be the first thing I talk to in the morning and the last thing before bed, right? You're going to, I'm going to get your attention. I'm going to keep it and I'm going to keep you hooked with dopamine through notifications and text messages and social media. And you're going to get like really antsy if you're not looking. Um, and it's, it's not good. And when I find myself like answering emails at 530 in the morning, like what do I, what am I doing? I'm, I may be the pastor of territorially most New Britain, but there's nothing that's so pressing that I need to be writing emails at 5.30 in the morning. Um, and so, you know, having a balance with our work so that it doesn't overtake the rest of our lives. And then above all, personal prayer. Having that time for one-on-one -on -one conversation with God. We need to make time every day. And um, it needs to be a priority every day to take time for God. So how do we live this? Well, I would say most practically, if we want to live this balanced life in imitation of Christ, we should be very practical. And something that each of us can do even today is to make a plan, right? To make a plan. Take a piece of paper and you could just write out, like, what, what does my day look like? What does a perfect day following Jesus look like? I love our focus missionaries like to talk, like, what's a perfect day? Uh, I, someone I know who recently went on a first date, like, it was a great date question. Like, what does your perfect day look like? That's a great first date question, right? What does a perfect day look like? Well, we should write that out for us. What is a perfect day as a disciple of Jesus Christ that's both involved, engaged, and balanced look like? What does it look like to have a perfect day following Jesus, where we have time for worship, we have time for community and relationships, friendships, where we work and we give good time to work, and above all, we have that time, that priority of time for personal prayer. And if we want to do it, we have to be very practical. So again, more self-disclosure, I want to exercise a little bit more. Like, it's a thing I constantly say, I want to exercise more. But I say it like that. I say, I want to exercise. I'll get around to that eventually, right? And hey, spoiler warning, I haven't done it. Uh, because it's generic, I want to exercise. Particularly with the point of personal prayer. 
It's good if we want to do it to say not just, oh, I want to pray. Lent is coming up. Don't just say, I'm going to pray more. Say, here's the plan. I've got a plan. I've got direction. I'm going to get up 10 minutes earlier. And over my morning cup of coffee, instead of reading the news or email or social media, I'm just going to spend 10 minutes. I'm going to read the readings for the Mass that day. And I'm going to talk to Jesus about them while I have a cup of coffee. There's an old cartoon strip I remember from when I was in Rome. It's coffee with Jesus, right? That could be our perfect prayer in the morning. Just coffee with Jesus. Where instead of having the TV on or checking our phones, we just spend 10 minutes, read a little bit of the Bible, and have coffee with Jesus as we talk to him about it. We got to be very practical. My friends, Jesus uh, had a plan. Mark tells us about Jesus' day in this biography so we can imitate him. So we can have a life that is balanced and directed. And so let's ask our Lord for this grace to imitate him, to have a plan for our lives, to know how we're going to live our Christian vocation. So that following Jesus specifically every single day, we can live with him in holiness and one day in heaven reign with him in glory.